0: It was my pleasure to play with the pleasure Philharmonic this morning. And I couldn't help but think uh, that uh, recently a professional trumpet player came to me. He would heard about our sound studios, and uh, we produced the radio in over there. You see it over there? And Impacto now goes out every day. I produce the program, I use our 60 evangelists. It goes out every day, uh, 15 minutes every day in 22 countries, over 310 stations. Wow. In South America, Central America, North America, the Caribbean and Africa and Europe over in Spain. So God has given us some real good recording studios where I recorded all the programs. This professional uh, trumpet player by the name of Jeff K. came to me and said, I just lost my lease where I through my practicing. You know, if you're a professional musician, if you miss one day practice, you know it. If you miss two days practice, your wife knows it. If you miss three days practice, the public knows about it. I said, I want to keep on practicing. Would it be possible to use your sound studio? I said, sure, we can arrange that. Uh, we got together. We have uh, so much in common, and it's nice to know that he's using our sound. He plays trumpet with the Florida Philharmonic. He he's tall, cotton, and he does gigs all over here. I'm not a Christian yet, but I told him all about the Lord and how the Lord has provided. And uh, so it's, he's using our studio about every day down there, and uh, I'm so happy to to see, see that take place. Well. <clears throat> What's going on next to the airport? And there's a carnival or something going on. We passed that area, and this there morning there were about six state troopers. Fair. State Fair. State Fair, that's what it is, okay. But when I saw all those state troopers, I was reminded about this man who was driving along, and all of a sudden he saw red lights behind him, and a cop pulled him over. State Trooper said, You know why I pulled you over? No, I don't, Officer. When you passed me, you didn't have your safety belt on. Well, the man said, I certainly did. The officer said, I'm sorry, Ma, I'm, I had a good view. You had a, I certainly, I had to ask my wife here. The officer said, Ma'am, did he have his belt on? She said, Officer, I learned long ago never to contradict my husband when he's been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness well, well Jeff K is using our studios. He's a professional musician. He's real good. I listen to him play in our studios. If you want to be a member of the New York or the Florida Philharmonic, like he is, you could take lessons from him, or if you could buy yourself a seat next to him, just imitate him. That's the very best teacher. Imitation is the best best teacher. And this morning we're going to hear about some people who we could imitate because they imitated Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, these are concert masters, and uh, we read in Acts when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with j- Jesus. These is just ordinary fishermen. Mm-hmm. I mean you couldn't get much lower the ordinary fishermen. but the whole world saw that they had been with jesus when i was with word of life sending the quartet there every saturday night we had a rally in, in new york in times square and uh i remember there was a, a black teenager who used to come in every saturday night his name was charlie brown he was a, a spastic like this it took him a long time to get the words out and then his schoolmates t- told me that they're in high school. His professors don't dare say a word against God. Because if they do, Charlie Brown jumped to his feet and it took him about five minutes to give <laughs> a, re- a reply. And so they can't waste the time like that. Professors <laughs> never say anything against God. And it's because Charlie Brown had been with Jesus. Yeah. His professors knew all about it. Uh, we read in Luke when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one, ear- one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told for them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They had been with Jesus. and They wanted everybody to know. We have six evangelists with Impact International and one is from Argentina. We lived in Argentina for many years so we love Argentina. His name is Daniel Altare, Daniel Altare. And he pastors a church of about 1,500 people there. We had a crusade in his church and it's kind of middle-class people, but there were some poor people there also. And uh, one of these is a, a couple of very poor, lower-class people uh sad life was in complete disarray their hair was uncombed. their clothes unkept Their teeth machine she had been shot by the other woman this couple received christ during that crusade in daniela without his church well the ones who noticed the biggest change in them were their neighbors right next door especially the wife the wife kept on watching them and she she would report to her husband when he came home from work at night she said something's going on with them you know what? They started combing their hair. They have new clothes. They eat better. They have new teeth. He, he got a better job. And one night, one night, the husband came home and he said, Guess what? She said, They have a better car than we do. We better find out what's going on. And so she said, I know a couple times a week they go someplace. I want you to follow them. We need to get in on this. So the husband, being very obedient, on Wednesday night, he followed them. And they went to this, didn't really look like a church. He, he saw them go in so he wrote on the address. Next day, he came and he knocked on the door and our evangelist got him the opened the door and he said, yes, sir, can I help you? And the men said, well, I, I'm sorry, uh, we don't have a sponsor, uh, but we want to become members of this club. We've noticed a big change of our neighbors. Uh, they come here, talk twice a week and and a big, big they, they changes in their life. They, they even have a better car than I do. Said, so we don't have a sponsor, but we'd like to join this club. And by the way, how much do you pay your members? And Daniel said, no, no. They give us 10%. You got it all backwards. Yeah. Well, we, well, we want to join anyway. And they did join. And soon, they became members of God's family. They saw that these neighbors had been with Jesus. You know, the world's greatest sport is soccer, or or as we call it in Spanish, football. And uh, I remember in times, Argentina has won the World Cup several times. People go crazy there. I mean, (laughs) they go nuts. The grandmas dance out in the street. They got out of their minds. Well, in every country of Latin America, they have several teams from different cities. But then they have what they call a seleccionado. These are the select players and they put them on, on one team and they're the ones that go to the Olympics and they they play for the World Cup. Well, one man was a member of the Seleccionado. He was one of the best soccer players in the world. His wife came to one of our crusades in Lima, Peru. Lima's capital city of about 8 million people. She was saved. And she called, talked to us afterwards, she said, What can I do? I want to leave my husband to the Lord." And we we told her, well, the Bible says, if you want to win him, you should allow Christ's love just to flow through you and he'll see that you've been with Jesus. So she said, I'll do my best. I'll I'll try to let Christ shine through me. And she was a very beautiful woman. His stardom and popularity resulted in his cheating on her. He had several women on the side. And uh, he continued on with his affairs, but he did notice changes in in her life. She became a different person. One night he had been out with one of his other women. He came home late. He said, I need an an excuse. So he stopped and he rubbed his his hands all over his tires. He came in and he said, well, uh, I had a flat tire. Sorry, but I had to wash up. And and she said, oh, I've been waiting for you, dear. Here, you have to have this tea. And that's cookies I've prepared for you. And then you take a shower." And he thought, as he ate the cookies in the sea, he felt, felt so guilty. He took a shower and when he was in the shower, he said, Soy una basura. I'm garbage. Look at my wife, how well she treats me, how much she loves me. And I'm unfaithful to her. I know, Lord, that you, you have saved your soul. And if you could save my soul right here in the shower, please come in change my life and god enters his life right there in the shower (laughs) god has no bounds (laughs) she had been with jesus and he knows that made a big change in his life our supreme focus should be honoring him he never will again Uh, the story you perhaps in history you said about cyrus the founder of the ancient persian empire at one time he captured a prince in the prince's family when they came before him cyrus asked his prisoner what will you give me if i release you and the prince said i'll give you half my wealth and cyrus said what will you do if i release your children i'll give you everything i possess and cyrus said what will i give you what will you give me if i release your wife he said i'll give you myself i'll be your servant forever and according to the story, Cyrus was so impressed, he set all of them free. As he went on their wife, he said to his wife, was this Cyrus a handsome man? And she looked at him and she said, I didn't even see Cyrus. I couldn't help but look at you, only you. You were willing to give everything up for me. And I love you so much. That's the way we should look at Christ. He was willing to give everything up for us. That's nice to be with Him. Mm -hmm. Our supreme focus should be with Him in every way,
1: in every day. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, if we're walking with God like Enoch did, there are a number of ways we can walk with Him. And I I like to say, you know, my wife and I, we have four children, Uh, we have 17 grandchildren. And eight great grandchildren with one of the other. <laughs> well, when our kids were born, we had three prayers for them. One, that they would take Christ in their heart. Two, that they would have their daily devotions, spending time with Christ every day. And three, they would marry someone who also loved Him. You've seen God answer these prayers. It's an So, we impressed on them that they should meet God in the morning. Now, two, Bruce our oldest is in the night owl. Yes. He meets with God at night before he goes to bed. The rest are kind of mourning people, and they meet with, with God in the morning. David said in the Psalm 5, Morning by morning, O God, you hear my voice. Morning by morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. I remember, you know, when we had a crusade in Trinidad with Jack Wilson. we had met in the old airport hangar, thousands of people out every night. And Jack, Jack, Jack came up with this slogan, no Bible, no breakfast. And every night he would re- remind everybody in the audience, no Bible, no breakfast. I like that. <laughs> I remember on the TV talk a uh, few uh, years ago, someone asked Billy Graham, well, how do you know that God exists? I love his reply. He said, because I spoke with him this morning. Actually, <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, we meet with God. Yeah. We read his word and we pray with him. And that's how we can spend time with Jesus. I hope you do it every day. You know, in the beginning years of our country, we read about the Pony Express. It was a thrilling time in our country when this, the Pony Express rode across the, it, they traveled from St. Joseph, Missouri to Sacramento, California, a distance, a distance of 1,900 miles. The trip was made in, in 10 days with 40 men each riding 50 miles at full speed on their horses. Now to conserve on weight, the clothing was light, um, the saddles were very, very small, and no weapons were carried, and the horses were shot with very light weight hoops, if any hoops at all, and the letters were written on very thin paper to cut down the weight. In spite of all this preoccupation for weight, every rider, was he given a full size Bible and he carried with him all the time. I think it's so fantastic. It's a little different than our personal system today. <laughs> but that was the value of God's word during those times in our country, that each writer of the Holy express received a full size Bible. Well, when Moses, you know all the story about it, Moses came down from Mount Sinai and he had the two tablets of testimony the 10 commandments in his hands. He was not aware. That his face was radiant, people noticed it was—he it just glowed because he'd been with the Lord. He spent time with the mighty God Almighty. I was in high school. I was invited to go to a high school Bible club. I wasn't a Christian, and I watched these kids. I watched them all the time. And then summertime came, and I was invited to go to their their high school Bible club camp. So I went. Now I could watch them twenty-four hours a day. And I watched. You, you never know who's watching you. That's right. They didn't know I was watching them. But they but I knew. I discovered during that week at camp, they really had something which I needed. And that's something with Jesus Christ. I was a little shy. I didn't have the nerve to do the camp. But the next morning in my own room at my home, I knelt beside my bed and I said, Lord, please come into my life. I want what these kids had. They have been with Jesus. They have a beautiful testimony. Uh, This professional trumpet player, we found out that I told him I went to Manhattan School of Music in New York City. He said, "I got got my master's degree there." We have so much in common. (laughs) Well, when I was at Manhattan School of Music, I developed a real friendship with a, a clarinet player, just top flight. His name was Dave. He was a Jewish fellow. And he had invited me out to his house with his family for meals out on Long Island. And uh, one, one day we were driving downtown Manhattan, New York. He, I was driving, he was sitting alongside me, and he said, there's something just different about you. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if you're more collegiate or what. And I told him, well, I think I know. The difference is I have Jesus in my heart. He controls my life. I've given my life to him. And that's the difference he said tell me all about it so i went and stood and told him all about jesus christ i said you know you you can take him into your heart you might be a jewish young man but you can take him into your heart now he said i want to do that so i pulled over i said all right we can both pray now i will pray and then you're going to pray then we were downtown manhattan and in the midst of our prayer i heard a knock on my window of the door and I looked up, there was a big Irish cop there, and I rolled down my window after those days when you rolled down window. <laughs> and the cop said, What are you doing? And I said, Officer, oh, we're praying. You go, What? We're praying. Well, finish your prayer and move on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you about one more person. It's so exceptional. I met him in Lima, Peru during the crusade there. His name is. Alberto Calderón Fernández. He was a gang member. In fact, he was the leader of a gang in Peru. And his gang name was Ek Bemba. He said, I'm 35 years old. I have led a catastrophic life. So I was in Francon prison 11 times. I was in 17 other jails. I was arrested 250 times. Whenever any problem happened in my neighborhood, the police would seek me out. I spent almost half my life in jail behind bars like an animal. He said, my gang, we were called los buitres de amor, love vultures. And every night we would be out in dark clothes with a mask and robbing, assaulting, killing, spilling blood, leaving many people dead. My weapons were a pistol and a chaveta, he called it a knife, and a vial of muriatic acid. He said, we would throw this acid in people's faces and blind them, then we would rob them. He said, I it was in many gang fights. I had deep, he pulled up, he showed me the deep scars on his on his, on his legs, and his arms. He said, one time I was in a gang fight and somebody hit me in the, in the eye. And I, I thought I would go blind. They took me to the hospital and the doctor said, I'm, I'm not sure if I can save your eye. You're in bad shape. Ek looked at me and said, when I come out of the if I don't have my eye, you're a dead man, doctor. Bear that in mind. He came out with a die. <laughs> he said, our life was just awful. He said, we would often kidnap young women. We would take them to the outskirts of Lima City. We would violate them for four or five days until they lost all self-respect. Then we would sell them to mummies or madams. As prostitutes. He said, Sometimes I would be in jail and I'd see some of those whose lives we were and they would curse me. He said, My living quarters were cemeteries and caves. The police hunted me day and night. At times I wanted to kill myself. And I took poison, I took heavy drink. Uh, I even took uh, what he called run de quemar, a very potent run, rum which just burns your insides. He said, my life in jail was miserable. The police tortured me, they beat me. I hated everybody, especially the police. And I particularly despised evangelical Christians. They would come to the prison to witness. And I tried to make life difficult. Said, my cell was on the second floor. And when I would see them coming, I would go get my pail of sewage, human waste, and I would throw it on them. I just hated these Christians. I hated everything I did still for. They would give me Bibles and I would rip off the pages. I would use them to smoke marijuana. I would even use the pages of the Bible as toilet paper. That's what I thought of it all. I remember a, a particular woman, she came, she gave me a Bible and she said, don't you know, someone loves you. His name is Jesus. He gave his life for you. And I said, no, that's a lie. God doesn't exist. These are my gods. And he had a a knife which he had stuck in the prison there and a spike. He said, These are my guards. And he said, I cursed her to tears. And she left weeping. And she, she said, As she left, remember, Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you and your sins. He said, Jail was very, very lonely. All my friends left me. And the echo of that woman's words somehow impacted me. And i began thinking differently about evangelicals he said one night the police came and they put me down in the dungeon at nine o'clock at night they stripped me naked they tied my hands behind my back and they began to beat me they wanted to get certain information out of me they beat me until i would pass out then they would throw cold water and bring me up bring me into consciousness and they beat me again said they started at 9 a.m they did it until one o'clock in the morning i thought they're gonna kill me they're gonna beat me to death and all of a sudden they stopped beating me at one o'clock in the morning when they stopped i remember the words of that woman jesus loves you he died his, he gave his life for you he said how could anybody love me i'm the worst of society could it be true we thought in case it is true I want him. And right there in prison, he threw up his arm and he said, Lord, the you exist, coming to my heart. Save my soul. She had been with Jesus, and he knew it. He knew it very well. For some reason, he had never know. At one o'clock in the morning, they turned him loose. He wandered in the streets. He said, I went back to my gang, and they noticed something different. Right away, they said, what happened? <laughs> If they beat you out of your mind, you're a different person. No. He said, I began to cry. And I began to cry. And they said, You're a coward. You're a weakling. He said, No. These are tears of happiness. All my life I've been at war. Now I have peace. I have met the living God. The gang observed me for several days. And one day, four years later, they came, all 15. They came with their weapons. I thought they were going to kill me. But they said, you taught us to drink. You taught us how to smoke. You taught us how to take drugs. You taught us how to rob. You taught us how to kill. Now we want you to teach us about God. Mm -hmm. They saw he'd been with Jesus. So he said, okay. I want all, all 15 of you to kneel down in this dirt. I'm going to tell you all about it. He told them about Jesus. And all 15 received Christ in their heart. He said, they got off from the dirt. They left their weapons there. They never went back. He said i a new ekbemba. The Christ, Christ he said the, the Bible says that any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I am truly a new creature. He said it's been nine years without a drunken stupor. In nine years without a robbery and a killing. Been nine years in Christ. He said, knives and bullets and beatings and curses couldn't change me. The police couldn't change me. The medical doctors couldn't change me. Christ made me a new person. He said, Just look at me. He said, Now, scores of criminals, they know me. They know me because my pastor, they come to me. They want to receive Christ. Even my friends and relatives come to me. Police and detectives come to me with their problems. I have led Mary to Christ. Criminals come. They say, Hey, Manda, help me. I can't help myself. I tell them, Christ can. He said, I've seen homosexuals, homosexuals turn. Throw away their skirts and put their skirts and put on pants. Said, people used to treat me like an animal. Now they call me brother, pastor. They even call me sir. He said they know that I've been with Jesus. He said I'll never see that woman who brought Christ to me in the jail. I'll nurse her again, that every day I pray for her. And you know, when we have been with Jesus, you and me, things are different. People see it. Moses' face green with with radiance. The apostles launched a worldwide crusade to reach the world for Christ. Benjamin never saw that woman again. But his life life was transformed because he saw that she had been with Jesus. Because I've been with Jesus, he said, has sent me to the outermost part of the Spanish speaking world. And because you've been with Jesus, You've been standing behind me, and I want to thank you today. For years, you've stood behind me. You're partners in the evangelism, and because of you, I can tell you about that couple from Santa Fe whose life will change. Put on new clothes, got a new car. Mm-hmm. I can tell you about the soccer star and his wife. I can tell you about Ekemba. I can tell you about four hundred to five hundred thousand who will receive Christ in their hearts, as Rev. Parker says. So I'm here this morning, to say that you will meet them in heaven. And I'm here to say a thousand thanks for all you've done. And I thank you, because you've been with Jesus.
1: Thank you. <coughs> thank you. Brother Bruce, we appreciate you. <coughs> and we're glad to hear these testimonies. Uh, we don't want to take it for granted that we just we know the lord we want to be sure that we do that's something that's an ongoing bible says to examine yourself that you're being the faith and uh, so just be sure that you place your heart at the feet of the savior i i lord has really been burdening me about my passion and my love for him that i need to really love him and to really give my life to him and really seek to serve him with my whole heart nothing 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 is better than that nothing is better than knowing him and loving him and serving him and uh i don't know how to to maybe we're talking about the word which is god's truth and he's given it to us and i try to make it a passion or a practice maybe i should say because it is a passion to spend time with him every morning in the word amen Um, god has created us with uh, the ability to make a habit develop habits sometimes we think of those habits as bad like the habit of of overeating the habit of alcohol the habit of smoking or the habit of watching tv or watching things that we shouldn't see on tv and things and we can develop bad habits but we can also develop good habits and I think a good habit is to make sure that you spend time with the Lord every day in his word. Get to know him through his word. I told you I've read the Bible through many times. I have. This year, that was not terminated, but I broke in the middle of that and got way behind. So I haven't finished the Bible. I've been reading the passages that we've been studying in Colossians and in Peter and now First John but the habit of reading through the word and getting to know what God says from beginning to end and being able to to assimilate truth not just one verse but from many verses is really nourishing and really profitable for all of us and uh, it's good to have that truth in your heart in your mind it cleanses your heart it cleanses your mind it changes your life and these people that uh, have We've heard about the testimonies of what the Lord has done in their lives. That's, that's a real testimony. Now, I don't know all of them, but I do know the Lord. I know what he's done in my life. That's, the, that's really the greatest miracle. We talk about miracles we're talking about this morning. But the greatest miracle by far that is being performed today is the miracle of a changed heart. Mm-hmm. The person that as you were sharing with your the man there that spent his life in violence and murder and rape and village and drugs and and uh, spent so much of his time hurting other people and then the lord through the simplicity of the voice of a woman speaking to his life and using that as a, a a catalyst to turn her attention to him at a time in which he was ready to listen uh it's very powerful and uh, the lord does that so my my thought to myself and to you is be sure that you know the lord that you're giving your life to him be sure that he is the lord of your life be sure that that you love him and the way you can do that is by just simply making sure that you're in the word reading the word it's not magic pete talked about that it's not just a magic thing that you you read it real quick and then you're done with it but it is god's word god speaks to us through His word one of the customers that i have at lowe's name is john has a big beard and uh we've gotten to talk about a number of things and including the lord but he came by the other day and had a piece of notebook paper filled out both sides where he had I bet there was uh, 35 verses of scripture that he had written down in various configurations and copied parts of verses and underlined and put, he had two colors of ink, the blue and the red, and he had little notes and stuff like that, both sides. um, And most of it, a lot of it was centered around violence and war, and the reason that people are at war is because they're against God, and uh, that, that we need to take God seriously and have peace and stuff. He didn't talk about that i could see in there much about jesus he did mention the verse that i was thinking about james talks about that war, the wars numbers of words comes about because of the conflicts of your nature and i thought but uh i i told him I, he came back a couple of days later and i said john that's a good thing you're you're meditating on god's word and that's what he's doing he's taking verses and reading them and meditating on it he's i imagine he's alone there because you have to you can't meditate if you watch the keep so tv and meditating on it and God is using that in life. And I said, that is really good. Just remember that the Pharisees, Jesus talked to the Pharisees and he pointed out to the Pharisees, he he said that you're you're reading the scripture because you think that the process of reading the scripture is gonna bring you new life and you don't understand that the scriptures are the catalyst or the instrument that point you to me Mm -hmm. so that you can have life in me. And I said that, that you need to, recognize that life is found in jesus keep reading the word but recognize it points to jesus and read read the new testament along with the old he had a lot of verses from the old testament but that that's that's really important for us isn't it make sure that we're in the word and make sure that we're taking it seriously and, and the lord just burdened me with that in my life and uh it, it, my life needs to be burdened i told you that i'm not satisfied with my life i want my life to really belong to him i want to totally be committed to him and uh and I hope that and I think it's important for all of us the Lord doesn't want part of us he wants our heart he, he tells us to take him seriously so uh, I'm going to close in prayer and then you can come up and lead us in the songs all right father thank you for these testimonies and the words that um brother Bruce has uh, experienced in his work and service of you thank you for his ministry and thank you for using him and and using the facilities and using the work and the the publication of your word as it goes out around the world thank you for that thank you for your goodness to us that you love us you care for us and you have you have provided at such awesome awesome expense such a magnificent gospel that can take such vile, wretched, self-centered, wicked people as we and turn us around and make us voices of praise and worship to you and to be instruments to share with other people. I pray you'll do that in my life. I pray you'll do that in our lives. I pray that you'll make us more and more people that love the Lord Jesus Christ, that that seek to serve you that want to put you first and that's just really really very important lord and i know that you're so good to us so good i thank you so much for the blessings that you have poured upon us thank you for our health thank you for our friends our loved ones our families thank you for the witness of those at work thank you for the jobs that you have provided for us thank you for this fellowship together with your people and uh, that we can reminisce together I'm thinking of peter talking to a lot of these people that were suffering in his epistle and uh, he said that they talked about jesus who you've not seen but you love uh peter had seen jesus but a lot of his audience had not and he had the privilege of setting up and telling them about jesus and we read about you in the, in the scriptures in the new testament and the old testament both and we just thank you for loving us and caring for us and giving yourself for us. And I pray your blessing upon um, Bruce and Marge. I ask you to really watch over them and, and protect them, keep them safe, keep them focused where you want them to be, and bless their hearts and bless their lives. And I pray for us here. as We are really seeking to serve you and honor you help us to be faithful and to just use us your glory think of the bible study tonight larry and debbie thank you for that and i pray that you would bring those out that need to be there and that that you would use us to reach people with the gospel we're we're thinking of patrick and we're thinking of anna and the other young person whose name i can't remember Uh, but i just these kids that have made a public profession of you it needs to be followed through with and so I, I know we've tried but we we need to see them and we need to share with them help us to be faithful to do that there are other people we're praying for we just pray for them as well and we we pray that the ultimate goal will be that the lord jesus christ will be exalted innocent through us and we pray your blessing upon this week pray for bruce and Marjorie as they drive back i guess they're driving back pray to give them a safe trip back and meet their needs um, and thank you for them, and we pray in Jesus' name. The Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.